0: Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Emma and Amy, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss
1: everything from premature birth and NICU life to special needs and infant loss. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone.
0: I'm Emma, a rural living mum to two premier and medically complex girls, Hazel Earthside and our warrior Willow up in the stars.
1: And I'm Amy, special needs and medical mummer to premier boys James and Jack, and a fierce advocate for the premier and special needs community.
0: We don't share your average mummer stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest. We've been through more shit than some could ever imagine. So at this point, we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note, we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it.
1: And lastly... Let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. Above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles, both here and in heaven, bring to our lives, and we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Hello Roarers, thanks for coming back for another episode. We hope you all had a lovely Easter filled with all the good things, sunshine, happy memories, lots of Easter eggs. Um, Unfortunately, my family got COVID for Easter, which you can probably hear by my voice. So rather than you listen to me ramble, I'm just going to get straight into introducing this week's guest, Tara, who shares the journey of her warrior Jude. So, Tara and her partner Sam were just getting into the swing of New Parenthood when Jude devastatingly fell ill at just a few weeks of age. Their lives, as they knew it, were sent into complete turmoil, and nothing could have prepared them for the challenges and devastation they were faced with. Tara is just the kindest soul. She has been a huge supporter of Raw from the very beginning in so many ways, and we can just tell that she's so passionate about what so many of us in this community are about providing comfort to those who may be going through similar experiences and to ensure that others know they're not alone. Tara's even started a blog, which we will put in our show notes and also on our social medias, so make sure you go and check that out. Um, It's quite quite heart-wrenching, this story, but it also gives so much hope. And in Tara's words, it's a journey of love, pain, strength, resilience and everything in between. We just knew it was a story that the world needs to hear, and that's why we're sharing it with you today. We hope you enjoy it.
2: Hi, Tara. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you so much for joining us, for being possibly our number one raw supporter from the very start. We are so grateful and appreciate all the love that you've given us. Um, You share basically every episode and comment on our posts and it's like a big warm hug. So thank you so much for all your love and support so far.
2: Oh, thank you. That's so lovely. Listening Mm, to your pod is amazing. You guys do such a good job. (laughs)
1: Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, it's really nice to be chatting to one of our original listeners. I've known of your story for quite some time with Jude through Miracle Mama and I feel quite attached to you guys. I'm actually loving that this podcast is able to give um, our audience like a safe space, I guess, to share their stories and talk through their experiences and emotions. Um, I think it's really healing in a way. But, yeah, don't be nervous. We've got your back and, um, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing your story. Thank you. So we're going to skip right ahead here to Jude's diagnosis um, but I also want to touch on your positive GBS result during your pregnancy because as our listeners will find out this is quite relevant to your story. So from what we understand Tara your pregnancy apart from gestational diabetes and the extra monitoring for that was actually quite stress-free and bubs checked out healthy in your scans but then you ruptured your membranes before your induction day and you had obviously previously tested positive to GBS, which is group B strep, um, which is kind of a recipe for disaster, those two things, isn't it? So I'm quite interested to hear how you found out about your positive result, as I know you wish you'd received more information about GBS and the risks. So, yeah, can you talk
2: us through that? Sure. Um, yeah, so basically I think around 35 or 36 weeks is when they do like the routine swab for GBS. Um I just got told you know it's a routine swab if you test positive you'll get antibiotics during labor just to prevent from passing it on um so obviously I tested positive and I just feel like at my appointment at the time I didn't really think much of it but I just didn't get really any info it was I feel like it was just sort of brushed off you know it was sort of like you've got a positive result but it's fine um you'll get antibiotics and Mm -hmm. that was sort of it like there was no real talk of the signs to look out for or things like that even could happen yeah exactly and I didn't like I didn't google it like you know you google a lot of things but that's not something that I really looked into because I just didn't feel Mm. like it was that they didn't really cause a a need for concern for me you know
0: yeah for those that don't know GBS are bacteria that come and go naturally in the body and are found in the vagina and bowel of around 10 to 30 percent of all healthy women The women who carry GBS are not sick, they don't have symptoms and don't need treatment. However, pregnant women who carry GBS may pass this on to their baby during birth. While most of these babies may then also carry GBS and remain well, a small number of babies get infected with GBS and can become very sick. Unfortunately, even with the best care, this can be life-threatening and is the reason all pregnant women are swabbed and screened for GBS. And those that are positive are given prophylactic antibiotics during labour.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite common. Like it's obviously everyone gets tested and I think they quite frequently come back positive. And generally it doesn't cause any concerns um, because they do treat it. It's almost like it's swept aside as like a tick box. Yeah, that mum's you know mm. tested positive and they know it's something that they need to be aware of and to treat but generally you know I think as women we don't I remember getting my swab and I don't I don't even think I got a result so obviously I was negative yeah. but
2: mm, yeah it's just yeah. something that you trust mm. them with isn't it yeah definitely mm, yep. and even after um you know I think they monitor them for 24 hours or something um just looking for symptoms but I didn't even know they were monitoring him at the time for any of that like nothing was ever really said Yeah. um he yeah. did, he got late onset GBS though, so he actually contracted it not from birth. So he would have oh, caught it after. Right. So, um, from poor hygiene or from somebody else, it could have been from someone else or it could have been from not washing right. my hands thoroughly enough.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that you could get late onset. I d- and I guess it's just an I. infection you can pick up anywhere hey yeah, yeah exactly yeah.
2: and that, that's what I mean like they sort yeah. of said oh I mean I'm sure it was probably from me because I tested positive for it but they said you know it could have yeah, been you from anyone know, you? you know yeah. and yeah we'll, we'll never know yeah. that um yeah. and we didn't know yeah. any signs to look out for when we were at home um even just to say like yeah, I know okay. you have a newborn baby and I know you're hygienic and all of those sorts of things but even just to stress things like that you know make sure people are you know, washing the hands yeah, extra well. You're washing yeah. your hands extra well. Just things like yeah. that. Like it wasn't really stress.
0: So then you can make that conscious decision yeah. to make sure that you you know, you're doing yeah. all that you can. But now, yeah. you kind of probably look back and go, oh well, fuck. Like, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, maybe I could have done more. Mm, and then you yeah. probably put a little bit of that guilt onto yourself as well, which is yeah. so unfair. There's a lot of maybe guilt if you there had known that. more information, yeah, yeah, which is really hard. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And then it's always that fine line between giving women information and giving Mm. them the risks without causing, you know, um, I guess not an unnecessary stress, but yeah, a stress Mm. that, um, yeah. Yeah. But in your case, like you said, if you, you know, in your case, you were unfortunately the rare, the rare one. I think I read, um, I think this was in the United States, a stat, but out of 60,000 births, I think only about 20 babies get an infection, like. Sixty thousand women that are tested positive to GBS. So it's yeah. quite rare when you when you wow. hear that. Yeah, um, and late yeah. onset is even yeah. rarer. Even yeah. rarer. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that because we could ramble all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we're giving away part of the story. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So when Jude was born, you wouldn't have obviously thought twice about GBS, which you've already said you didn't really. Um, It was treated and then Jude was healthy and well when you took him home after birth, um, just like all other new parents. But then yes, unfortunately at 24 days old, Jude became um, extremely unwell. So talk us through that day and sort of what followed. I know your story is quite long, um, but I guess you could start with, yeah, the day that
2: he became, he became unwell. Yeah, I can try and shorten that a bit. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you know, the morning, the morning that he woke up, you know, he, he came back from hospital and he was sleeping pretty well. He was pretty settled. Um, we were pretty lucky in that aspect. We didn't really have any, you know, issues with that. He was a really good baby. Um, but this yeah. morning he was just off. Um, he was really unsettled. I would pick him up and he would scream like he was in pain. At the time I probably didn't put two and two together that it was a pain scream. Um, You know, I was like, he's hungry. You do all of your checks. He's hungry. got a wet nappy, all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sat on the couch with him for a couple of hours, tried to feed him and he wouldn't take his bottle. Um, We did have some feeding issues early on in the sense, I think that was down to his congenital heart disease, which we were obviously unaware of as well. Um, You know, he had trouble breathing when he was feeding and stuff, but, no one had yeah. sort of put two and two together at this point um so he, it wasn't completely unusual that he wasn't having his bottle but he was just really unsettled and eventually after a while i um, took him into his nursery to change his nappy and i just noticed he was white as a ghost he was pale he was like the color of the wall and um he had yeah. mottled skin yeah. he yeah he had labored breathing he was you know sucking in at the the neck under the ribs yeah. Um which you couldn't see until after you'd undressed him. And um yeah. yeah. Yeah, flagged it with Sam and we went from there. Yeah, so
1: did he did you check his temperature or anything oh, at that point? Yeah. Did he have a fever?
2: Um no, not. Nah. So nah. He, um at the time he didn't have a fever. Um so we'd checked that earlier. Yeah. But we had one of those um it like infrared ones that you'd check that I oh, think yeah. aren't as accurate. accurate, which I also yeah. didn't know. Yeah. You know, you yeah. spend a fortune yeah. on these things and they're not really yeah. accurate. Yeah. And then you can't trust them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to that, he didn't have a fever. Um, yeah. So we ended up calling the health line, like Health Direct, um, or the baby yeah. number on, the, on your blue book and yeah. um, just sort of explained his symptoms and they sort of asked further questions and they were asking things like, you know, um, has he got fever, all of that sort of stuff. Is he responsive? And I said, yes, he is responsive. And then literally two seconds after, he just went unresponsive um, in my arms. He was, yeah, limp. Um, He was breathing, but I couldn't wake him up. I was trying to wake him up on the phone. Um, They obviously said they were sending an ambulance, um, connected me to the ambulance service. And then they were talking me through how to do CPR on an infant Um, Mm -hmm. while I was trying to get stuff organized for the ambulance to come um, yeah so he did yeah, respond after a while um, and by the time the ambulance got here he was a bit perkier like he was you know responsive but yeah he there was something obviously not right mm. and it happened so quickly yeah it was yeah so quick
0: and that's the things with thing with babies, isn't it, that they can just go downhill so quickly. They can be fine or what they seem to be fine one minute and yeah. literally seconds later they can just yeah. go like that. And
1: yeah.
0: how, how traumatic for you I can, well, I can imagine what that would have been like. So, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Especially first baby as well. That is your first, Jude was yeah. your first baby, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, like, all this trauma just and you have no idea what's no. going on. Yeah it yeah. would have been so scary
1: yeah and yeah. we'll just clarify that jude was born full term wasn't he
2: ah uh, yeah yeah pretty much yeah close
1: enough yeah not primmy
2: <laughs> no yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah all right so then what did the ambulance do did um, they, yeah. so
2: when they came um they sort of lied him down on the couch and um just sort of assessed him they took all of his like obs and stuff and He wasn't too bad in that sort of aspect. Obviously, they could see he had laboured breathing and he was very pale and had the mottled skin. Um, But I don't... He didn't have a fever at the time they checked either. Um, And then, yeah, they sort of just said it's best that we take him to get looked at given the fact that he looks so bad. Um, But Mm -hmm, I feel like that was sort of, you know, not played down, but it was sort of like I wasn't too concerned because they didn't seem too concerned. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As sick as he... Looked, but you know it was just sort of like, oh, okay, maybe he's just got a bad cold mm. or something.
0: So at this point, had the conversation of GBS even like had that even been a question nah. or something that they had asked you about? No, nah. so that wasn't even a part of the picture at this point nah. of that could be a possible cause of what was going on. No, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and this is why do you know why Crazy. this is why mum gut is so important um, with mm. this stuff because you yeah. obviously knew that something was wrong with your baby and yet the paramedics arrived and put all this equipment and monitoring on and all of the yeah. stats were mm. fine which again yeah. like you said Emma that's often the case with babies mm. because they do mm. they hold steady they mm. really do mm. they hold steady with their obs right until yeah. the last second and then they crash yeah. so good on you yeah. Tara for following that mumga and obviously when he became yeah. limp and floppy you would have yeah <laughs> did what you did anyway but you knew before that and it is even like with the ambulance when he perked up I'm glad that they decided to still take you to hospital because Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, they do Mm -hmm. they can hold their they can hold their numbers very yeah. well until it's too late. So, mm.
0: And I feel like that's always a way, like they can be so bad at home. I remember multiple times Willow would be having a bad time at home and we would take her to the hospital and she would be absolutely fine, yeah. smiling at everybody, yeah. like there was yeah. nothing wrong. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is what they were like at home. So it is just really hard sometimes to trust that mum gut and just go no things aren't okay and you need to do something about it or do some more testing but yeah I feel like that's always the case. They play up at home and then yeah. you get to the hospital or the ambulance comes and they're like,
2: oh, I'm feeling better now. I'm fine yeah. now.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I always say when people come into hospital, they're like, I swear that they were worse at home. Like, I, tr- I believe you. <laughs> like, yeah. don't second guess yourself. I trust yeah. You. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a liar. I, yeah. always, I always say we have magical doors. Their hospital doors are magical. They yeah. just walk through there and the other baby's fixed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they just know. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but not the case, unfortunately, for you, Tara. No,
2: unfortunately. He seemed to go downhill then, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of shit hit the fan, really. Um, once yeah. we got to Emerge, we went to the Lyle, um, which was our local, and um, once we got to Emerge, yeah. it was sort of they took us into a recess room. They sort of said, you know, this is protocol type thing, so not to stress too much. And, you know, at that time, Sam also wasn't with me because of COVID, Um so he was waiting to yeah. be let in outside um and he got in there and it just I'd like to be honest this part of it is just such a blur because I feel like it like there was just so much happening you know they're hooking him up to all the monitors and mm-hmm. he's on the little isolate thing and they had a warmer going on mm-hmm. him and they yeah we're just doing so much yeah. to him and um within minutes like I'm sure it was I'm sure it was minutes they had a pediatrician come in and she checked him over and she listened to him and she came over to us and she said, um, you know, I'm just letting you know that I'm going to call a code blue. I just want to let you guys know um, he's okay, but he's very, very sick and he needs extra help. Um, she said, I can hear mm, yeah. a heart murmur and I think he's got a hole in his heart. Um, mm. But that doesn't explain why he's so sick. Um, yeah. So yeah. they knew he, you know, sort of had this, Murmur that was causing issues, but that didn't explain why he was, you know, so sick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. How big was he at this point, Tara? Um, was he like a big uh, baby or a small nah, baby? No, he
2: was only born at um, 2.9 kilos or something. Um, okay. And so, he, you yeah. know, he wasn't much bigger than that. I can't remember how much he weighed, but he definitely wasn't yeah. a big baby. So he was this, yeah, tiny little, yeah. 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 Not tiny like mm. you guys but.
0: Yeah. Tiny for me. for tiny. Tiny, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then
1: so I guess for those that don't know, a code blue is like a medical emergency team that they call um when a when when a child is extremely unwell, when they need extra support, like you said, Tara. So how are you guys feeling at this point? Obviously a code blue is quite intense because a number of teams and people rush into the room and it's Mm. quite traumatic so did you were you guys sort of involved in in that or were you did you sort of sit
2: back and watch what was going on yeah we we were sat back so we were sort of sat in the corner of the room and they sort of kept shoving us further and further away because they needed the room um yeah and it was just like I, I, I don't even know what else. Like, I feel like I was just numb, to be honest. We were both just speechless. Mm. Like, it, there was just so much happening. And it was, like, disbelief. Yeah. Like, you, you know, and we were sort of, you know, we just got told our child, they thought he had a hole in his heart, and then they were saying that he's in heart failure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, oh, heart failure, that, that means he's going to die. Um, you know, yeah. I didn't really know anything about all of that sort yeah, of, of stuff. So my immediate yeah. thought was, oh, okay um so we just sat like we sat there um I don't even think we spoke to be honest we we just sat there shell shocked watching thinking
0: worst case scenario at all times yeah yeah yeah
1: and so what were they doing do you know
2: what they were doing during that time obviously were they trying to get lines and things Um, into him yeah I think they did like a pick line um I don't know if they intubated him down there. I feel like they didn't. I feel like they did it. They took him a bit after up to like, I think they went to Scaboo um, just while we were waiting okay. to be transferred to the women's. And I'm pretty sure that's when they intubated him. But I actually don't yeah. remember at what point. he So was this intubated. is how quickly um, he went
1: downhill. So yeah. you think like just yeah. what, a couple hours earlier, he was at home trying to take a bottle. Yeah. Like this is, in- yeah. yeah, insane. Um, so yeah, he did end up, Um, being intubated and ventilated and sent across to the Women's and Children's Hospital um, to, I think you went to PICU, didn't you, paediatric intensive care there? Yeah, we went to PICU, Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's sort of, from what I'm aware, that's where they did a formal echo and found that he he did have um, a congenital heart defect and he had two holes in his heart. Um, yeah. but that obviously didn't explain why he was so unwell, like you said, and then you were given the diagnosis of the GBS infection. So
2: did you find that out sort of the next day or how long did it take yeah. for them to figure all of that out? Um, the next day is when we found out about the GBS. Um, yeah. and yeah, I think like, I just remember when they told me, I just felt so sick and uh, like my mm. first thought was like, oh my God, I've made him so sick. Um, yeah, and I still, like, we had no idea of the repercussions of this because at this point we didn't, like, he just had the infection but then it's obviously progressed to meningitis and sepsis.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: And then obviously that progresses to injury of the brain. So um, at that point we yeah. still didn't really know. We knew it was serious and we knew that GBS makes babies really sick. Yeah. Um, Mm. But we didn't know the full potential of how sick he actually was and the dangers of of it mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah so he um I guess in those first twenty four hours you didn't even know whether he was going to survive um and then to get like the diagnosis after diagnosis, like you said it was the the heart the the g b s infection and then he started having seizures, is that right
2: yeah, so. Within the first 24 hours of being in PICU, he started having seizures, which is what um, they, when they suspected he had the meningitis. Um, yeah. So what did they do to diagnose that? Um, they didn't end up doing a lumbar puncture or anything. They spoke about it for a few days, but because he was still seizing for five days, yeah. He, yeah. he was having seizures. It just wasn't possible. Um, they ended up just diagnosing it with an MRI um, after he had Yeah. Recovered a little bit um, before being transferred to the ward. So the MRI just confirmed that he had brain injury to his brain. So um, they just said he had meningitis.
1: Yep. So they were treating it obviously with antibiotics and how long did it take for him to sort of start Um, improving?
2: Close, close to a week he was ventilated. Um, Yeah. I think it was the day before. Or even the day of they moved. No, it must have been the day before. Um, he went to Rose Ward. They um, extubated him and took him off ventilation, um, which was obviously hard in itself. But he responded really well to that. He he picked as sick as he was. He picked up so quickly. It was incredible. Mm.
1: Um, but
2: yeah. yeah, he was on you know boluses of medazolam and he was on yeah. multiple. They they were trying three or four, or five yeah, different yeah, anti epileptics. Yeah. Um, nothing was working.
0: Yeah. And for people that don't know, they are like the big dog drugs. Like if that's if if mm-hmm. the baby's gonna have seizures, they're like the biggest drugs that you can give yeah. a child
2: yeah.
0: ever. So that's yeah. Yeah. It's a lot for a little tiny baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he was obviously sedated the whole this whole time. Um even with that he was having seizures so talk us through the emotions of those first sort of few days in PICU seeing your baby lifeless, um, having these seizures. I know that, like you said, COVID, I'm guessing that there was some restrictions with Sam being there. Um, yeah, being a new mum, I can't even imagine. And like, I, I'm assuming from what I've read of your blog, which I love, and everyone needs to go and check it out. (laughs) Um, I'll put that in the the episode (laughs) notes, but, um, from what I am aware, there were multiple met calls during this time as well. Like it was constant scare after scare.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was really tough. I mean, COVID was really crap. Um, we were yeah. pretty. We were actually pretty lucky though. Um, the time we were there, Sam and I were both allowed in at all times. Um, yeah. So we were really grateful for that. And my mum and Sam's mum were also allowed to come and visit him on the first day. Um, I yeah. actually didn't know that this was a um because they were unsure how things were going to go um
1: they yeah. were yeah. not okay. sure if it was going yeah. to
2: survive I didn't know that I thought they that was yeah. just the rules but I became aware of that after yeah. um but That's, it was yeah. yeah it was really really hard you know um I spent that first night there and um like I think I was just in so much shock that I just I, I didn't even know what was going on it was just complete shock and laid on the little bed next to his um isolate and pretty much just watched him start having seizures and then I obviously had to call Sam and tell him so that was really really distressing as well and yeah yeah yeah
1: and having like getting this information overload and having to relay that then to him like so he obviously had to go home to sleep the poor thing um, yeah which in itself is hard yeah like so hard for the yeah. for the partners and then you lose your your main support as well yeah gosh yeah. it was
2: really hard
1: yeah mm. all right so he got extubated went down to the ward um got old rose ward shout out rose ward yeah i swear everybody <laughs> <laughs> all the babies in Adelaide have been to rose ward yeah um <laughs> So then did think, obviously things sort of settled down and he uh, he became, like he started to improve. Yeah. But then his sort of heart condition started to play a part in it all, didn't it then.
2: Yeah, like um, they had sort of vaguely spoken to us when he was in Picua about the heart, but it was to, like as crazy as it sounds, the fact that he had two holes in his heart was the least of his worries. Um, we yeah. were made aware that he would need yeah. um, open heart surgery in the future to fix it. But their goal was to leave it as long as they possibly could and get him over this infection. Mm. Um, so, you know, once he was well enough to go to Rose Ward, he went to Rose Ward and things were looking pretty good for quite a while. We were, um, just, we were expected to be there for at least four or five weeks. I think they wanted him to be on antibiotics for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a very long, you know, course. just to make sure yeah. it was completely gone. Um, but he didn't quite make it to that time. Um, they yeah. were hoping that he would then come home with us and then once he was bigger, um, he would then go into state for the surgery because they obviously don't do it in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, but, yes, he didn't make it to that time. Yeah. He crashed again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so at 42 days old, his condition declined quite rapidly, did it?
2: Yeah I'm pretty sure it was Father's Day and um, we had gone out for lunch my dad had met us in town and we'd gone and got lunch at the pub with them for Father's Day for Sam's first Father's Day and Mm. made a bit of a special thing about it and then we sort of just before we left we were a bit slow leaving and late to lunch because he was a little bit unsettled and we were a little bit unsure we thought something was a bit off and we'd mentioned something and you know um nothing really came of it like that no one was really too concerned yep. um he just seemed to be struggling a bit with his breathing and mm. you know um mum got again beating and stuff like mm. that and then yep. yeah yeah and you then just know when they... something's going yeah. wrong yeah yep. or, or yep. when something's coming. and they'd actually yep. transferred us to yeah yeah they transferred us to one of the separate rooms because he was in the bay um initially and mm-hmm. um They'd transferred him, not sure if he had, you know, like pneumonia or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's the road they were going down. And um, they transferred us into the room and then that night he was transferred um, to PICU again. So we both came home um, for that night and we got a phone call about 9pm to say that he was okay, but he had rapidly declined and was in PICU again. And um, he was on CPAP then. Oh, gosh so
1: and even that not ventilated but yeah but even that in itself is such a they don't put babies on CPAP like like that like that's that is such a rapid decline and that is a large amount of breathing support for a little baby um and you probably had a little bit more inside knowledge now a little bit of insight into what all of that meant so gosh you must just have felt like a you finally had come out the other side and then you were sort of slammed straight back into that picky world and having to watch yeah. your baby fight again. So did you guys, did you go back into the hospital that night?
2: Yeah, yeah. we went straight back. Um, we I think we only went in for like an hour or something just to make sure he was okay yeah. and get a yeah. bit of an update from them. Um, but we went in and then um, the next day uh, we met with cardiology and we were being sent off to Sydney um Mm, so we had less than 24 hours to yeah prepare
1: for that so that the cardiology team obviously they they decided that it was his heart that was causing these new symptoms is that right yeah yeah okay
2: yeah like um there was talk back in rosewood like i said of pneumonia and all that sort of stuff but Um, everything had sort of come back clear and they just put it down to the fact he was in heart failure Mm.
0: and is there a reason why Sydney like is is the type of surgery he had not done in Adelaide or is there a specific specialist that's over in Sydney that they wanted you to see what makes that decision for you to travel to Sydney
2: um so they don't do cardiac surgery on uh for pediatrics in Adelaide yeah okay um so usually people travel to the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say it's not like um, yeah. Melbourne, but because of COVID, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. So because of the time frame for us with COVID, um, Melbourne was like really bad at that time. Yeah. So yeah. they there was a very small amount of people that got transferred to Sydney, uh, Westmead, mm-hmm. yeah, and we were part of that. So Westmead, like they hadn't really had people from Adelaide come over for cardiac surgery either. So that was you know a whole other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a of worms. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Gosh. yeah. And then you, you yeah. went pretty quickly, didn't you? I think it was only a couple of days after he'd gone up to pick you that you were being flown across. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to go with him on the flight?
2: Yeah, we were really lucky. Um, both of us actually went on the flight. We um, were only allowed to take seven kilos of luggage between the pair of us, so three oh, and a wow. half kilos each, which we did push the limits a bit. Um, oh, wow. But – they said if we only took seven kilos of luggage, we could both go on because it was one of yeah. the jets, um, not the, you know, motor ones. So oh, that was you know, like
1: stuff. Um, it was a bit more. F-
2: so yeah, d- and you yeah. you didn't know
1: how long you were staying either. So did you just live off of that seven days, seven kilos of luggage?
2: <laughs> so <laughs> lots we, of shopping. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I literally had a spare pair of like clothes and like three pairs of undies, and oh, Sam took yeah. his um, Nintendo thing. That was part oh of my seven God. kilos because he was like, I don't want to be necessities. Like, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we just went shopping when we were over there. Bought everything. Yeah. Bought a straightener. Bought perfume. What oh, oh, an excuse wow. to go shopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So.
1: yeah. Oh, man, yeah. like this is something like it's literally it gobsmacks me. Like when I was reading your blog today, I messaged you. I was like, mm. I just had no idea that you had been through all of this and it's like something out of a movie Mm. like it's just and to think that yeah yeah like it's just one thing after another and I just think some people just have the shittest luck um that's the only way I can really put it like it's so unfair yeah um
2: yeah Mm. I do feel like when I tell this story sometimes I feel like I am telling a made up story yeah. because I just feel yeah. like it sounds so ridiculous. You like, struggle to believe just, it. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like yeah. you detached from yeah. it a
1: bit, like it's not your yeah. yeah. We've talked about that in the past too, yeah. Haven't we, yeah. Emma? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah. 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 Far out.
0: So you got to you got to Sydney yeah. and then what happened? You went to the hospital with him straight away you were transferred there?
2: Yeah, so we were transferred straight to um it was called Grace, which is they're equivalent to NICU. So okay, he was okay. in PICU in Adelaide. So he probably should have been in NICU. But then yeah. he was in NICU in Sydney and he should have been in PICU. Yeah. But they didn't have space. Yeah. So he was in yeah. with all the tiny, tiny bubbies. Um, yeah. They called him the grandpa I was of I to say, he would have been a little buffer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was He was huge. and um, Yeah. Yeah. So he, he went in straight in there and um, we stayed yeah. at the Ronald McDonald house. So yeah. we were super close. Um, which is really convenient yeah shout out to
0: ronnie MacHouse. what a bunch of legends they are yeah yeah we were lucky enough to stay there um at the one near the women's and children's for quite some time and they are just the most beautiful bunch of people who will just give Mm -hmm. you the shirt off their back so we're super lucky that we have have those houses australia wide and i think it almost gives you a sense of home away mm. from home I don't know yeah. about you but as soon as we would leave the hospital and walk into the Ronnie Mac house you were always greeted with a hot meal and yeah, yeah it's just that and sense of family yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you could have the shittest day and they just yeah. make you feel so much better so I suppose that was a little bit of a weight off your shoulders especially since staying over in Sydney would wouldn't be the cheapest cheapest place to stay so having that support somewhere away from home is is a massive weight off your shoulders that's for sure yeah Yeah, and daunting like it's
1: a big city when you come from little old Adelaide um Mm, yeah I'm guessing even the hospital even the hospital Tara you were probably like
0: coming (laughs) from Kimber to Adelaide (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, the hospital the
1: hospital was yeah
2: huge yeah incredible yeah Yeah.
1: yeah um, yeah, so you yeah. was Jude still on CPAP at this point? How was his condition then when you got to Sydney? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so he was still he was still on CPAP. He spent some time on BiPAP as well, okay. but I think he was predominantly on CPAP. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He never came off of that until he had his surgery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he went straight into Grace and was on the CPAP. Um, his condition was stable um I think they wanted to just get him there as soon as they could yeah. in case they needed to intervene
1: yeah
2: um but we didn't expect to be there for as long as we were um yeah especially before, before. they even thought about doing the surgery yeah. yeah um yeah I mean we were really lucky that he had stabilized but he was still not in a good way like I look back at photos of him that I've taken even live photos and like just his work of breathing Mm -hmm. was like it was he was just working so hard
1: yeah so obviously the surgery didn't happen um straight away when you arrived so was that mainly because he was in such a bad way um I mean essentially from what I can tell he needed the heart surgery that was what needed to happen for him to be to improve But were they, I think, were they worried about his brain? Was that the reason that they held off for a little while or?
2: Yeah. 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 So there was like, it's really hard, you know, um, there was a bit of lack of communication at the beginning. It's a lot bigger hospital, so they've probably got a lot more patients to see. And it was really hard, you know, the the doctors do the rounds and um, it was just really hard to get any information off of them initially, Mm. which was really frustrating. But we just wanted to know, you know why things were being put off we didn't really ever have a proper explanation mm-hmm. um but eventually they they told us they just wanted to they wanted to put him on a longer course of antibiotics um and they just wanted to make sure that his brain had pretty much completely healed um because obviously when you have cardiac surgery there's other risks that come with it like a stroke and um yeah, right. you know yep. anything like that which would have been detrimental for him given he already had injury to his brain so they just wanted to calm things down while he was stable enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he did get ventilated again a couple of times in between, which wasn't ideal either. Oh gosh. Um, so they really stretched it out um, yeah. as long as they absolutely could.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Was he having seizures during this time or had they settled? No, um, he'd stopped having the seizures before he came down to Rose Ward. So. He just had them when he was in PICU when he had okay. like the initial yeah. infection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once that had settled, they had stopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So then, what was the final
1: decision to repair his heart? What did something happen? Did he crash, or did he? That he just got to a point where they were they felt confident that his he'd recovered from the
2: GBS infection. Um, yeah. So he crashed again. Um, we'd actually gone into Sydney for the day with my mum and oh, Sam's how mum dare you? Um, for a day trip <laughs> to the zoo there seems to be um, a common common theme here I yeah. know I know don't leave the he hospital he just likes to play up when you're not there yeah. yeah yeah so then we got a couple of calls throughout the day um to say he wasn't doing too well and they had ventilated him again so we obviously went back um and then yeah he was pretty much scheduled. The next day, um, right. next day or two, I think, from memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he just was, yeah, not coping mm-hmm. at yeah. all. Yep. Yeah, Reached his threshold. They couldn't give him any more support. So, yeah.
0: so at 72 days old, he had his surgery. Um, obviously, this would have been an extremely anxious time for you guys. Open heart surgery is hard enough but add on the risk given Jude's infection and meningitis was there relief that the surgery was finally being done or how did you feel at the time that he went in
2: like for us the the surgery was um you know the main goal to get him back home and mm-hmm. get him yeah. you know back to to being healthy because without the surgery he would have died
0: Yeah, um, yeah
2: to put it bluntly so um, that was our ticket to, you know, health and home. So, um, we were, that we were rooting for that the whole time, you know, that's all we wanted. Um, we weren't overly happy to be waiting the five weeks or so that we had to, but at the same time, um, we knew it was the best thing for him, um, for his, his brain to, to you know, recover. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, we were, we were you know, terrified the day that he went mm-hmm. in for his surgery, but I think we mm-hmm. were probably more worried about any repercussions rather than the actual surgery itself. Um, mm-hmm. I think we were pretty confident that they were going to fix, you yeah. know, repair his heart. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I think we
2: were just really concerned about the repercussions of what could happen yeah. from that. Yeah.
0: So, how long did his surgery take?
2: Um, only three hours so pretty yeah. only that's <laughs> yeah
0: I think oh, that gosh yeah yeah
2: only only yeah. three hours so yeah shopping we were really... was
0: done you went back to <laughs> the zoo yeah. Yeah. did all sorts <laughs> no didn't do that because we know no. that bad people
2: when we do that yes. but yeah. Um, yeah played the you know Nintendo or whatever it was <laughs> the game console for a couple of hours but yeah yeah See, it
1: came in handy good distraction yeah it did yeah definitely did (laughs) damn it Sam (laughs) (laughs) I know um so isn't I think it's I find it really interesting that you were like obviously you'd been through so much that an open heart surgery you had you obviously had so much confidence in like you said the hospital and the Mm. um the medical staff to to get that part done but you you were already so in deep the medical world that you were so you knew what could go wrong um after everything you'd been through I find that really interesting I know so many people I shouldn't say so many people but obviously through Miracle Mama um a lot of heart babies who have gone through open heart surgery I also have someone local to the hills um that I know and she just said waking up not waking up seeing her baby uh like when they came out of open heart surgery was like nothing she's ever seen before like the amount of drips and machines and how Mm. sickly they look um yeah how did you feel when you walked back in to see him that day
2: what did he look like um he looked terrible Mm. um but if I'm perfectly honest he he'd looked worse when he was sick yeah like regardless of the fact you know. yeah you'd seen him so sick before yeah yeah he had his chest cut open and yeah, yeah like we we were obviously it was very confronting um mm-hmm. but i feel like because he had been so sick prior um yeah you know he he was so so sick and i feel yeah. like to us this was the end yeah. of of that it was like i said our ticket home and you know he he looked terrible um he had drains mm-hmm. coming out everywhere he had you know um, lines in his neck like the pick line yeah. the central line yeah. they put yeah. in his neck um all of that sort yeah. of stuff and um but still doesn't compare to how he was really sick in picture yeah.
1: were you prepared yeah. for yeah. what he was going to look like yeah. did they give you some idea
2: yeah they're pretty good like they do like tell you quite um an involved sort yeah. of perspective of what they're going to look like yeah. um but I also googled a lot because mm. um, I also joined the Heart Kids pages yeah. and yeah. Um, saw a lot on there, um, which is was helpful for me. I don't think Sam found that as helpful um, for mm. him. That's yeah. not his way of dealing with things. But for me, yeah. that I found that really helpful. Yeah. yeah. So all
0: the surgeons and the specialists, they were obviously quite happy with how everything had gone surgery-wise and his condition afterwards.
2: Yeah, um, super yeah. happy. They said it was yeah. re- like routine. Um, yeah surgery everything went really well yeah um initially you know they they said it didn't look like he had any bleeds or strokes or anything but um obviously that could have shown up at a later stage as well so yeah even though we felt like we'd been given the all clear we were also still a little mm-hmm. bit nervous um for the yeah. next few days
1: all right talk us through he he Pretty much smashed it from there. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to beat around the bush. <laughs> he he improved very yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Ended up being transferred back to the ward. I think only five days later. And then I feel like this is yeah. where we can really relate, Emma. You sort of started to get back mm. to those milestones that come with having a baby. You know, I guess grow, improve, like the NICU things that we celebrate. I guess the you know, first outfits, giving him mm. his first bottle, all those things that you hadn't done in so such a long time, even taking him outside, um, yeah, tell us about some yeah. of your favorite baths. baths. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of those favorite moments. Just holding mm-hmm. him, holding yeah. him. I know you've got a photo holding him without any, yeah, any wires. monitors or wires mm. attached yeah. for the first time. Yeah, and not
0: having to ask to pick them up. Often when they're yeah. in such a critical state, you always have to wait for a nurse to say, "Do you want to hold them?" Or but just to yeah. be able to pick them up out at, at your own accord and hold them for as long as you want without a time limit. Yeah. I think it's super special. Yeah, it was. Yeah. it was it really smile. Yeah. 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 So good. Little um, things that you take for granted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for
2: sure. And we yeah. we went on like a little lunch outing at the hospital, you know. We got lunch <laughs> and sat on the grass and they lent us a little pram and mm-hmm. we, yeah. we took him out for the first time in God knows, you know, yeah. months yeah. that he hadn't been out five. So um oh that was really lovely and then we were able to, I guess, room in with him at mm-hmm. the Ronnie Mac house. Um which was super stressful the first night mm. because yeah. we hadn't, hadn't looked after our own yeah. child for yeah. two months. Yeah. Then it was yeah. like, here, yeah. And, yeah. you know, he was on restricted feeds and all of that because of the, the surgery. So um, he had to have limited fluids and um, he was yeah. starving hungry
0: yeah. and
2: he just cried and cried and cried. And I remember mm. Sam and I, you know, really stressed and yeah. <laughs> not really yeah. sure what to do. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and of course, but you know, second life, guessing is—is
1: yeah. is he crying because he's hungry? And you—you you probably knew that, but obviously in the back mm. of your mind, there's that constant worry of, oh my gosh, are we missing something? Especially after
2: everything you'd been through. Yeah, 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 definitely
1: far out. Mm. And then you got to take him home. So tell us, how did you get yeah. home? Did you go <laughs> on a? Did you just go on a commercial <laughs> flight back straight back home? You didn't even go back to the yeah. hospital, did you?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: that would have been nah. the weirdest thing yeah. ever
2: I know and I had said like I was like there's no way because when he was so sick like I said to Sam I was like, there's no way they're going to send us home in a commercial flight he'll get the yeah. raw flying doctors yeah. back and I was just adamant because in my in my mind he was so sick for so long and I just I guess I couldn't see that he was ever going to get yeah. better at that stage yeah um, yeah so but yeah we flew commercially my mum was waiting at the airport for us to pick us up and Mm. it was it was amazing. It was so good to come back. Did out. you find
0: that you just wanted to tell everyone on the plane, like,
2: this yeah. is what we've been doing? Yeah. Like, I did, yeah. but you yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And, you know, yeah. people were, like, commenting on how good he was being and I was like, well, yeah. we just had open heart like, oh, surgery. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, if only. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. yeah. It's amazing. That's yeah, just incredible, incredible, isn't it? That um,
2: yeah, yeah, And that's that
1: whole, you literally don't have any idea what people are going, like, what people are got going on mm. behind the scenes yeah, like, yeah it's insane yeah 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 definitely. yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: so he was I think he was yeah. was he about mm-hmm. 80 days old when you went home
2: yeah roughly yeah, yeah and you'd
1: been in I think you'd been at in Sydney for like eight weeks in the end wasn't it
2: uh we were only in Sydney for five okay and we were so all together um eight right. weeks yeah around yep. roughly maybe a bit more but with yeah. between mm-hmm. Adelaide and Sydney yeah yeah
1: And Mm
2: -hmm. the other thing, like
1: being in, you know, being transferred to such a big hospital, I don't know. I mean, not that our hospitals aren't big, but I just, I always assume that they come back to the hospital in Adelaide to just get, you know, at least for a week. I don't know why. I just, maybe it's the nurse in me. We're so used to getting the babies Mm. back to the ward. But I guess because, he, yeah, that was, like you said, that was his last step and he recovered so quickly from it. He obviously, like you said, he needed that surgery, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think like they sort of, tossed up at like before we were discharged and sort of were saying that maybe they'll send him back to the hospital for a few days back in Adelaide mm-hmm. um but you know he was feeding well yeah. he came off there was no like point. he was on the yeah. feeding tube since he was in PICU yeah. and all of that so um he picked up the feeding we were really lucky yeah. um there wasn't really any point we were we were comfortable administering all of his meds so
1: mm-hmm. um
2: yeah. we would rather go home absolutely so, yeah, what yeah. a little legend absolutely. yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah. All right, so Jude is now, he's nearly two, is that right? He's 21 months? He is. Uh, Tell us about Jude now. So I guess just fill us in on his heart, on his neuro stuff. So I guess we'll go back a little bit here to his meningitis and his MRI that he had and the brain injury and sort of what did they initially suspect would um be your main concern what were their main concerns from that MRI and what have you yeah been been through Um, since
2: yeah so the MRI like I feel like that was such a shock for us um I remember the neurologist sitting down with us and he showed us a picture of it um you know he had he's got extensive damage to his brain um to multiple parts of his brain um with the brain obviously you can't pinpoint what problems they're they're going to have in the future you can only generalize you know it may be this or it may be that Mm -hmm. um they couldn't give us a straight answer so we're still very much up in the air with that we don't know how things are going to go for him in the future yeah um he had a follow-up MRI in New South Wales and they were actually quite negative about things and Mm -hmm. I haven't really told a lot of people this but when we were In New South Wales, um, after we had a meeting with the neuro team, um, they actually asked us if we still wanted to go ahead with the heart surgery based Mm, on the MRI and the potential that he's not going to have a good quality of life. Yeah, wow. wow. (laughs) Um, Which was obviously shocking. What a burden for
0: you guys to have to carry as well.
2: Yeah, so we were, you know, like that was never that was never an option that was never a thought in our heads Mm -hmm. um you know um so I guess we sort of felt for a couple of days we were very we, we were never not going to do the surgery but I feel like we had a lot of guilt um yeah you know were we doing the right thing for him like are we doing the wrong thing is he going to suffer all of his life you know yeah um but yeah so that's Um, that's so tricky because he was so
1: little and all you'd known of him before all of this was a newborn baby that was doing all the right things like and you you just don't know you've got no idea what the future holds
2: it's really hard yeah and and I like I remember asking so I I got asked this on my own as well um because because of COVID things were um quite like a lot more tight over in New South Wales only one of us could be in there at a time and all that sort of stuff so um, the doctor, a particular doctor actually had that conversation with me on my own, which I was not overly mm. impressed yeah. with. I feel like no. it was quite, um, yeah. yeah, quite a horrible conversation to have with a parent on their own. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um,
2: and you know, i rang Sam in a flurry. Yeah. Um, mm. I was just. And how mess, do you explain like... that to Sam yeah. on the phone <laughs> yeah. as well? Like, yeah. and yeah. he was like, he was ready to come in there and like. All guns blazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh God, what have I done? Yeah. He's, he's gonna get yeah. arrested or something." <laughs>
0: yeah, but
2: um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was that was really hard. So that put a lot of doubt in our minds, you know, mm. what the future was going to hold. Um, we knew for certain he was going to have some sort of vision impairment. So, um, yeah. his uh, like a large portion portion of his um, the the part that controls his vision, the I think it is I don't know how to pronounce it but yeah um that that is quite um sustained quite a lot of damage so they said you know he's not going to have normal vision yeah. um they just don't know what that's going to look like and um that's probably his biggest challenge at the moment is his vision yeah
1: and have you have you noticed anything like are they doing anything yet to to investigate that or to treat that or is he too young
2: um well He's too young, like, to know what he can and can't see because he can't tell us. Um, He's got cortical visual impairment, So um, his eyes are structurally fine. There's nothing wrong with his eyes. It's the brain that can't read the images that his eyes are seeing. Um, So, you know, we don't know exactly what he sees. He's got some vision. Um, He probably sees colours or blurs or... You know, I'm not sure what he yeah. sees. So it's definitely tests, not what I tests, the eye tests that they do, won't tell you anything, is that right?
1: Because nah. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Um, he sees ophthalmology at um, Women's and Children's, but you know, um, mm-hmm. his eyes structurally, yeah. Yeah. they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a waiting game. Yeah, and he's had. Um, they do like a visual vote potentials, um, mm. which is where they, you know, um, it's almost like an it's like an EEG. Um, okay. Yeah. And they hook them up and. Show some visual stimuli and see how their brain reacts to it and stuff. And yeah, um, they've pretty much told us he's going to be legally blind okay. um, mm-hmm. cl- clinically. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right. And then another, I guess, complication from that
2: has been you've got sort of an early diagnosis of cerebral palsy. Is that right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So he, he was diagnosed very early. He was diagnosed at four months, um, pretty much straight straight away when we got home, um, based on his MRI. Okay. And um, the fact that he's high risk, and um, they do a test at the children's. It was on the news actually. It's quite interesting segment, but they just do um, they video them for like three minutes and see the movements that they're doing. And um, yeah, okay, you know, it's it's obviously very subjective, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of science behind it. And um, mm. yeah, I think the the diagnosis are, are generally pretty accurate that they they yeah. get from that. So. Based on that, the fact that he's high risk, um, he was diagnosed with CP. But
0: yeah,
2: in that aspect, I think he's doing incredible. Um, yeah. So is he? We're really lucky. Yeah. What's he doing yeah. developmentally? Where's he at? Is he walking? Um, he's not walking yet. Yeah. He yeah. is pulling himself up to stand and cruising. Yeah. Um, his balance is is not great, and I think that's a lot to do with his vision as well. Um, mm. but he, they've said he'll walk um mm-hmm. and you know unassisted with our aids that's the goal yeah. so um yeah. you know he might need afos or something like that mm-hmm. but um you know he shouldn't need a, a gait trainer or a walker or anything like yeah. that so yeah um yeah. that's a positive yeah, for what him a yeah 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 and i think
1: the the latest thing for Jude, he's also had an epilepsy diagnosis, hasn't he? So did the seizures, they've not come back ever or when did he get that diagnosis?
2: Um, He got that diagnosis uh, maybe a month ago. So he did start having seizures again. Quite fresh, Um, yeah. Yeah, so he was actually having seizures when he was waking up from sleep. Um, Yeah. So yeah, they got onto it really quickly. Like the neuro team at the children's is just like, incredible mm. um yeah and they got onto it really quickly they've put him on some medication it's been a lot of juggling at the moment yeah and, um yep. he's having lots of side effects and things like that yeah. but it takes um, a while for them to figure yeah, out what so works for the, for each challenge. child yes doesn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: definitely and in terms of his heart so that's all good yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so we got the um the all clear well not the all clear but you know they don't want to see him for three years now which is great yeah. wow um, yeah yeah so I'm happy with that they, he said you know he's really like any other child he's pretty heart healthy so yeah you mm-hmm. know we're really lucky in that aspect that he just had the two holes <laughs> in yeah. in regards to heart side of things it's pretty yeah. um mild yeah. so yeah I think it yeah. was just you know escalated because he was mm. so sick yeah yeah so
0: will you have to go back to Sydney for those those follow-ups or no nope. no nah, that's all done in Adelaide. yeah oh that's great yeah. yeah wow what a story I know isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> how
1: does that
0: make you how does it make you feel looking into the future do you feel concerned or do you feel quite optimistic with his conditions that he's being diagnosed with I know it would be hard knowing what could come with his eyesight and especially with the CP as well. How, how does that make you feel going forwards after all you've been through as well, especially it just feels like probably more hurdles are just,
2: just yeah. constantly
0: thrown at you.
2: Yeah. I think, um, I really worry, um, mm. about his independence in the future. Um, yeah. I think, you know, if he's going to be legally blind, um, mm-hmm yeah I am a bit concerned about that Mm -hmm. um and we also don't know uh I guess like intellectually if he's going to have Mm -hmm. any challenges and stuff like that as well um Mm -hmm. it's too early to tell with that sort of stuff at the moment I mean at the moment Mm -hmm. he doesn't talk he's he's he babbles and stuff like that but yeah I think you know he's very delayed in that um So I do worry about that a lot. I I always worry, you know, like, Mm. what if something happens to us or to me and, like, Mm. what his life's going to look like. But, Mm. um, yeah, I do worry about that a little bit. Yeah.
0: Through your um, Facebook pages and things like that, have you found many people that have kids in similar situations as Jude and parents that can support you along the way or is it a is it a pretty
2: lonely thing? Um, I think I've found lots of groups like obviously, you know, Miracle Mama and yeah. things like that that there's people in similar situations, but maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, as specific as as specific to Jude's yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of support in the heart community. Um, yeah. But in, this, in the aspect of, you know, finding like a CBI support group and stuff on Facebook, it's, mm-hmm. it's a worldwide thing. Yeah. Like the groups yeah. seem to be, you know, worldwide and I would rather something that's, you know, maybe in Australia or specifically yeah, yeah. in South Australia, but it's very sort yeah. of niche. Yeah. It is and
1: that's the – it yeah. was yeah. – it is quite a rare, unfortunately, what he went through and especially to the significance that it – yeah, like the damage on his brain and – it's mm. it's hard to find someone that's been through something so similar but um I love seeing your posts yeah. in in my support group and especially like <laughs> <'cause> some <laughs> of your posts just they're so beautiful it's literally just to bring people together and I can tell that you're you've got a heart of pure gold um and especially with your blog which oh. we will link
0: yeah um
1: I just it yeah like i I know you I've followed your story I see you tagged me in the, well, when he was having his heart surgery and stuff, you tagged me. I'll never forget the photo you tagged me the day before his surgery. It was like one of my favourite photos. Yeah. And I, I just had no photo. idea. You just don't, yeah, I just have no idea mm. what you guys had been through and were going through. And that's just the, the beauty, I guess, of this this podcast, I guess. Isn't it getting?
2: It yeah, is. And yeah. do you know what? I remember messaging you or emailing you um in regards to the order or something that I placed. And I told you a little bit about his background and your reply was just incredible, honestly. Mm. Like for someone that didn't know me, you know, like you reach out to someone and you didn't have to respond like you did Mm. and be so supportive. So like you should really be be proud of yourself for that because that made a huge difference as well. I know
1: I do. I do make a very big point of responding quite in depth because... I know that if people reach out like yeah. that, that they, you know, they're looking mm. for support and they are going through a lot. Um, so I'll have to go back and look at that. It will all start to link together now, you know, yeah. like I'll get, I, I'll mean, like, I don't remember, I don't
2: remember I what yeah, I said, but
1: I'll <laughs> be like, oh yeah, that was you. <laughs> but yeah. 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 What a story mm-hmm. to tell. Hey. And I just, yeah, we'll obviously make sure yes. Emma, we've got to share some photos of Jude in the coming coming a few days after this yes. episode goes live I know. yeah i
0: have i have been scrolling on your instagram yeah. looking at him he is just divine and he's he looks aw, like he's he got is. so much character yeah yeah
2: he's, yeah. he's pretty quirky yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
1: beautiful you guys are doing an amazing job and i'm yeah i very very proud of you for coming on here and talking and even just for Mm. writing what you've written down in in your blog and keep writing because they're amazing. Those posts. Um, I know you've, you haven't, haven't told your full story yet on there, so definitely finish it. Um, And it's going to be ongoing, but we're here. Yeah. Yeah. This community's here. Yeah.
2: Thank
1: you.
2: Appreciate it so much. Yeah.
1: I'll do a shout out and see if anyone, you know, maybe in our community has been through similar because it would be nice to connect to someone that's, going through the same stuff yeah, that you are absolutely yeah yeah yeah
2: for sure yeah
1: definitely. thanks tara it's been lovely thank you so much have you got anything else you'd like
2: to add no i think i'm um, yeah i just really appreciate you guys letting me come on here and chat and um yeah. you know if it raises a little bit of awareness for other people as well you know absolutely. that's that's what we're all yeah. about isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah.
0: hey I've I've learned something I've learned so yeah. much just even from talking to you so thank you for sharing your journey with me and yeah it's been yep. amazing to hear it all about what you've been through and you're gonna have a major story to tell Jude when he gets older that's Why for no? sure <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he Definitely might owe Sam a new Nintendo yeah
1: yeah Yeah, definitely all right thanks tara oh
0: thanks
2: so much thank you
1: thank you and to our listeners we hope to have you all back again next week it's going to be a little bit different next week's episode i'm not going to say too much but it's going to be a very special one for darling willow bye guys